Ephesians writes to a particular group of churches in this part of the world. And he writes from prison. He has been separated from them for some time. And some of the Christians, at least in part, one of the reasons that he writes this letter is because some are becoming disheartened with him by his separation from them. He has a concern for their well-being, and there certainly are other challenges that they are facing. And Paul prays a couple of times in this book, and they're wonderful prayers, but we're going to look at one of those prayers where he seeks... Where he's seeking God's strength and a growing knowledge for the followers of Jesus that they would know a deeper understanding of God's love. The two things that, that Paul prays for are strength, and he prays for knowledge and understanding uh, of God's great, great, great love for the people. And it's a great reminder for you today of how God wraps you in his love, and even in the midst of difficult realities and circumstances. God's love for you is not diminished. In fact, uh, it's an opportunity to experience it uh, ever more deeply. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21, we uh, hear the Apostle's prayer. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit, in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen and amen. You see, Paul prays first for strength and then for understanding, a growing sense of knowledge about the love of God for them. Strength is where we begin, as he does. Strength comes from God's empowering presence in a life. It doesn't matter the circumstances in which we find ourselves at any point of our life, as difficult as they may be, God's indwelling presence is what brings strength to our lives. And Paul prays that you and I would know this strength of the abiding Christ in us. In fact, there's two verses, verses 16 and verse 17, uh, that really work together. They, they're intended to be a unit. They, they work in parallel. Uh, they run parallel to each other, one building off of the other. Uh, he says in his prayer that strengthens, that you may be strengthened, that God may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Two phrases working together to help describe the empowering presence of God in those who believe in you who have given your life into the hands, faithfully into the hands and at the foot of the cross of Jesus. God's empowering presence is for you in times of difficulty and challenge. You see, Jesus dwelling in a heart, he, he prayed that Christ may dwell in your hearts. This is a way of expressing the idea that believers, followers of Jesus, live in a reality 
in a reality, not a dream world, but the reality of God's kingdom, where Jesus has settled down in them. Jesus has settled down in you if you've opened your life to him. Jesus abides with you. He's not a tourist, but he's a resident in your life. Not temporary, but forever and ever. When I graduated high school, I, I lived the life of a sojourner of sorts. I didn't realize I was going to do that. But when I left home after high school graduation, I went uh, to another town in my state where I went to college for two years. And uh, I transferred from there to another town in a different state for two more years. And I got my college degree there. And then I found myself in Europe for two years as God led me there. I didn't realize that I was uh, thought the rest of my life might be a series of two-year stints wherever I went. I had a short stay after Europe in Southern California, and then I came to Mill Valley to start a seminary because I thought I would be going overseas as a missionary. That's what I thought God had for me. And my degree that I was going on, and I thought that I'd be in Mill Valley, you might guess, for how long? For two years was my, my thought of how long I might stay in Mill Valley, finish my degree, and then I would move on yet again. That seemed to be the course of my life, having been someone who had lived most of my life in a single town. Uh, God changed uh, my degree program, began to change my direction, and I ended up not doing a two-year degree, but a three-year degree. And I was able, with the, the grace of God, to, to squeeze a three-year degree into three and a half years. Some of you may have experienced something similar in your own education. But then the most unexpected thing happened. I often tell people that my life feels in some ways like a hobbit. Because it's like this most unexpected journey has unfolded in front of me. And the most unexpected thing happened that I did not expect. God called me, I sense, to pastor. And to pastor right here in Marin County. And you know what I did? I settled down. Here. That was 20 years ago. In fact, Susan and I, we moved off the seminary campus before I even graduated the seminary because we wanted to root ourselves right here in this community out of love for it and out of a response to what we sense God calling and moving in our life. And we settled down, we put down roots right here for the long haul, and it has been a wonderful journey of, of growth and learning and experiencing God along the way. Friend, if you have invited Jesus into your life by opening yourself up to his love, by, by coming and, and understanding your sin before him, understanding his willingness to, to substitute himself on the cross for the punishment of your sin, if you've come to a place where you've turned from that sin and confessed it to him and asked his forgiveness, then I want to assure you that Christ has put down roots in your life. He has settled down within you. He is no longer sojourning. He is not departing from you. That Jesus abides in you. Those are the words of Jesus. That he would abide in you as he has grafted you into himself. And it's his presence in your life that empowers you to face whatever circumstances come along in whatever season of life, including the effects of COVID-19, the effects of a global pandemic, Jesus in you, Christ dwelling in your heart, becomes the strength of God's empowering presence in you. And so I want to encourage you, brother and sister, today to live in the abiding presence of Jesus and to be reminded that the Spirit calls you to be reminded of Jesus 
and his teaching. You see, at your center, at, at the very core in your heart of hearts, Jesus is seated there. Whatever makes you tick, Jesus is seated there. And it's Jesus in you guiding your thoughts. Jesus in you informing your passions and sometimes changing those passions. It's Jesus in you refreshing your spirit day by day. In fact, uh, another verse that the Apostle Paul shares in another book, he says, We do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Today, you and I need God's empowering presence as we navigate through the reality of our world and our community as it is today. The anxiety that comes with a prolonged separation from other people, longing to be with friends and loved ones is really hard and we know that God's strength comes uh, because the Bible tells us so. And it comes and abides in us, especially during hard times. And I want you to know there's more good news in this passage. Because it's not just a prayer that, that you would be in touch and, and understanding of the empowering presence of God. But that God's resources, He provides it to you out of His limitless resources. And that, that is very good news. Uh, I, I was helping... Uh, pre uh, prepare some food bags for uh, people in need uh, on Friday. And uh, as we began to come toward the end, all the bags were being filled. The various food supplies were uh, increasingly diminishing as we went along. And that was what we were intending to do because we wanted to give it all away. But uh, what was once a very full gymnasium at Tam High School, full with food and supplies, became increasingly, as the hours went by, uh, diminished of its resources. But that's not the way God is with his resources. God is never diminished in his ability to provide for you. God is never weakened in his power and strength. And God is never deterred from his desire to empower you with his presence so that you might walk through whatever situation. You see, strength, and Paul prays for strength, that you and I would be strengthened from the empowering of God's presence in us. And then the second thing that he prays for is an increased understanding, an increased knowledge of the love of Jesus. So we are prayed for to have a, the strength of God through his abiding presence. And then we are prayed for that we might increasingly grow in understanding and knowledge, grow in knowledge of understanding Jesus' love. How difficult is it to measure human love, love between one human and another. It can be kind of difficult. In fact, that's, that's the world of poets and playwrights and songwriters, film directors and authors. Throughout, throughout history, they've been trying to explain to us and to capture and measure human loves, to explain it with wonderful prose and, and pictures. How might you measure God's love? How do you measure God's love? Paul's prayer, his second prayer, is this. I pray that you may grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. <clears throat> Paul prays that you would grasp the love of Jesus. This idea of grasping is an awareness that comes as you examine something. As you examine God in the Bible, for instance, you become aware of the love of God. If you were to open the Bible and read it cover to cover, you would explore and experience many things about God. But 
But one thing I think that would pop out to you over and over again is the faithful love of God. Faithful love of God for His purposes, the faithful love of God to His people, and the faithful love of God for you as He calls you into His love through His family. One of my favorite songs by Michael Card is titled Gomer's Song. And it's trying to capture the Old Testament book of Hosea. Perhaps you're familiar with Hosea. Uh, the prophet was sent by God to marry a prostitute. One that, that Hosea knew as a prophet, as a man, that, that she would not be faithful to him. Yet God sent Hosea to marry this woman. And his whole life and marriage becomes, uh, becomes a picture of God's faithfulness to an unfaithful people. And part of this song, Gomer's song, uh, goes this way. And every time I read it or sing it, it, it stirs my heart in a fresh way. But it's from Gomer's perspective, as Gomer uh, was his wife, this unfaithful wife to Hosea, and as she experiences his unconditional love for her, his unfailing love for her, his willingness to come back time and time again and to forgive and to receive. This is what Michael Clark captures in his song titled Gomer's Song. From Gomer's perspective, she says, I don't know what he sees in me. He is spirit. He is free. And I, the wife of adultery, Gomer is my name. Simply more than I can see how he keeps on forgiving me how he keeps his sanity. Hosea, you're a fool. A fool to love someone like me. A fool to suffer silently. Yet somehow, through your eyes, I see I'd rather be a fool. What a beautiful capturing of how Gomer was overwhelmed and overcome by the faithful love of Hosea. And that whole book is a picture of God's faithful love to an unfaithful people. God's faithful love to an unfaithful uh, response like mine back to His. An inconsistent response to God like I have and like perhaps you might have. But God loves you in spite of your lack of faithfulness. God is always faithful. And Paul prays that, that we would grasp the depth and the height and the length and the breadth of the love of God. How do you measure the love of God? Well, the greatest way is by looking at how God has worked through the scriptures. The loving way and the tender way God has dealt with people. The Bible tells us from beginning to end how much God loves us. How much God is willing to put up with us. And the plans that God has for us and for his world when he decides to sum everything up at the end. You see, Paul prays that we would increasingly be grasped by the love displayed in Jesus in the life and death of Jesus. A life that was lived out of love for you, a death that was given out of love for you, so that what separates you from God, your sin before God, can be swept away. Jesus died for you. Because of his great love for you. The Bible says the greater love has no one than this. That he laid out his life for his friends. And that is just what Jesus has done. And when you open your life to Jesus and he comes and takes residence in your heart. The Bible says that you are adopted into his family as a son or a daughter. In fact, the scriptures would say elsewhere how great is the love the father has lavished on us. That we should be called children of God. 
that is just what we are. Hallelujah. God loves you, my dear friend. God calls you beloved because it is true He holds you in His heart and for His kingdom purpose. God wants you, the prayer here is that you would be grasped by this love, that, that you would uh, know this love through experience. That, that's what the idea of grasping is, is that you, over time, you marinate in something, and over time, you experience the faithful response of God, even in spite of your failings occasionally, is that God continues to love faithfully, and you're grasped by His love. And then Paul continues, he says that you might know this love that surpasses knowledge. You see, knowing a love like this is beyond knowledge. It's more than just an intellectual comprehension. It's more than just going into the laboratory and, and taking a slice of God's love and putting it on a film and trying to examine it under a microscope. That, that's, that's knowledge. And that's great. But what Paul was praying for is that you would experience the love of God in your life and that you would grow in understanding and growing in your knowledge of that love. It's an experience of God's loving character and His empowering presence. You see, those strengthened by the Spirit and in whom Christ dwells have their lives rooted and established in the love of Jesus. This is the God we serve. The God who empowers us through His presence. He wraps up this prayer by saying this, Now to Him, to God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You see, the love of God and His power for His people never come to an end. Beloved, I echo Paul's prayer for you and all of us today. That during this time of social separation, during this time of uncertainty, during this time of mounting anxiety, that you would be strengthened by the indwelling presence of Jesus in you. That you would grasp ever more deeply the love that God has for you displayed in the life and death of Jesus and His willingness to welcome you into His family. So that when we return together, here is my hope and vision for the church, is that when we return together to in-person meetings, that we will be marked by this experience. That this separation will, will double our understanding of how important it is to be gathered together. That we will long for it and miss it. And that our love for each other will increasingly be fervent. And that it will be on display for the world to see. So that when we come back together, we'll be a stronger church We'll be a more loving and church community. And we'll be more fervent in the work of the Lord in our community. May it be so this day and all days. Let's pray together. Living God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this prayer. And as we echo the prayer of Paul, we pray that you would empower us with your presence. That you would strengthen us. Uh, that the Spirit would call us to Yourself, and, and that You would uh, remind us that Christ dwells in our hearts, if indeed we have given ourselves over to the good work of Jesus. If we indeed have been adopted into His family, we rejoice in that. We say thank You for that. And we pray, God, that You would grasp, help us grasp, You would give us the ability to grasp how deep and wide and wonderful Your love is for us, 
Do you drive us into the scriptures so that we can see how you dealt with people and how your love is displayed faithfully throughout generations of the scripture and how your love continues to be displayed, not just in the season, because our lives are more than this moment of COVID-19. Our lives are more than a global pandemic, that you are more than this moment because you're preparing a future for us and an eternal home as well. And so with all of this, we say thank you for your faithful love. Help us to explore it and to experience it ever increasingly. We pray now in the name of Jesus together. And all of God's people said, Amen.